everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naturna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, Mika. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Before we dive into your fertility journey, please tell us a bit about yourself. My name is Mika. I live in Brooklyn with my husband and my two kids now. We have a seven-year-old boy and an almost 10-month-old girl. And yeah, it's been interesting an interesting year of homeschooling a second grader and basically being a full-time mom, which is something I didn't plan on. Yeah, so I think it's been a crazy year for for all of us, but um, the kids add another dimension. So, you know, let's learn a little bit about your fertility journey. You had a relatively easy time conceiving your first child and the second was not exactly the same experience. So I'll let you start where you where you think it's most relevant. So, yeah, I, um, like I said, my son's seven and back then I, we just were like, let's have a baby. And we didn't really know what having a baby meant. And, you know, I've always kind of been, I I taught yoga. I've been teaching yoga for over 10 years as well. And back then I was in India right before I conceived and I had never really like done astrology or believed in astrology, but in India, there were like many layers that I broke through like within myself and I got myself to see a Vedic astrologer, which is more of like the Indian style of astrology or just, it's different than like Western astrology. And at the time that I was asking about fertility, because in all the years of my frivolous having fun in my twenties and whatnot, I had never gotten pregnant. And so somewhere in there was like this belief, well, I don't really know if I even can get pregnant. So that was one of my main questions for the astrologer back then. And I was definitely not prepared. And he, he was just like, ask me questions. And so I asked him, you know, how about the, how about fertility? How about kids? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Your firstborn is going to be a boy. So I came home to my husband with that. My husband, who can be like cynical about this stuff, was like, well, 50-50, like a boy or a girl. And then I think like somewhere along the way, somebody had mentioned that like in order to conceive, you have to be sort of open to all. Like if you really want to have a girl and then you're not really open to having a boy, but a boy is who wants to come through, like that could cause some issues. I don't know, something around that. So I feel like after that meeting with the astrologer, I really opened myself up to like a boy and I got pregnant on our second try. So it was really like, you know, we want, I went to India, which was a bucket list thing. I talked to an astrologer, sort of spiritual, came back, got pregnant. Um, and then we had a kid and, um, you know, we weren't really ready to start trying again until he was about three. 
And then we started trying and it took us basically, it wasn't full on three years, but it was on and off three years, like in the space of wanting to conceive our second baby. So it was really, there were like a lot of ups and downs. I tried many different modalities along the way, which I'm sure we'll speak of. And um, it was just, it was way different than the first time. So so when you say on and off for three years, was it because like you just took breaks? You were like, I need a mental break from this. I'm just going to take a break from trying, from timing, from all of that. Totally. I mean, my, my period, a long time ago, I started going to acupuncture because my periods were irregular. So that was kind of like the first thing, like I wanted to get under control for lack of a better way of saying it. And, and then when I had gotten pregnant right away, it was kind of a non-issue and sort of surprising at the same time. And then the second time around, my periods were just like all over the place again. And for the first, I'd say like six months of trying again, we were like literally shooting blanks into the dark. Like I was not using an ovulation kit or app or anything. I was like, all right, like, let's do this. Nothing. And then if it was so easy the first time, you're like, why would I have to, you know, exactly. I'm healthy. I'm work out. I'm fit. I eat well, like all the things I do yoga, like, you know, I thought it was just going to be easy for me again. Um, so I, so that was about six months. And then I think, I don't know if it was like the stress or what, but I've always kind of struggled a little bit with eczema and my eczema just like got out of control. Like literally, like it was whatever was happening on the inside completely came out on the outside. And so I said to myself, like, I really need to handle this eczema. And like, I, I was really anti-steroid creams and cortisone creams and it just got to the point where I was like, I, I need to cut the cycle and I need to take care of myself. And so I'm going to go see the dermatologist and use the steroid cream and get rid of the eczema. And then that was like sort of another six months. So there you have a year. And then I decided to start seeing a Western endocrinologist who gave me Clomid and Femara, which is basically Clomid, but just kind of another sort of version of that. And my period went like bananas like it was like she was clocking me and I had to draw blood and you know I would show up in her office and she would tell us like okay these are the days you have to try and then come back and we'll draw the blood and I would come back when I was supposed to be you know again in quotations like pregnant and she'd ask me the question like why are you not pregnant my dear which is just a hard no, didn't ask you that she asked me that God. so it was you know like talk about emotional factors like you know, it's traumatic in and of itself, because, you know, like when you when you go to see somebody for assistance on this journey, like you would want them to have some level of emotional intelligence um, and bedside manner that would make you feel safe. And that is not good. So I'm so sorry for that experience. It sounds like, you know, they, they do the thing that they always do at the beginning, which is start with one of like the medications that will help you produce maybe a couple extra eggs in the cycle and improve your odds. And some people react well to them and some don't. When you have irregular cycles, they'll hope they're, they hope it's going to make them more regular. But in your case, did it make your periods more irregular? More irregular. I even went so far as to do like the trigger shot before ovulation. Yeah. And my period after that, I think I didn't get a period for like 60 days or something crazy. Um, I was like, oh my God, am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? You know, it's like oh really... God. Along the fertility journey, like there are so many highs and lows that, you know, how can your body not be affected by that stuff? Emotion, and how can your emotions not, your emotions affect your body, your body 
affects your emotions. Like they, they're, they go hand in hand, you know? So after working with her, that was like, say another six months, I was like, I need a break. That's when I took the break. And I was like, I'm stepping away from it. I can't do this. But we still continue to try just like, again, sort of, but, but it was different in my mind. I was like, I'm not like, when am I ovulating? You know, like, let's whatever. So that's over the details, basically. Yeah, I really I gave myself a mental break from it. And I kind of took it. I, I intentionally put it down, as my therapist would say. No, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. What was it like for you, you know, having conceived your your son so quickly and then to, you know, suddenly be having a completely different journey for your second? I mean, it was so challenging, emotional, heavy, hard. I was so, I, I had no control, yearning. I, I was sometimes like not present with my family and with my son uh, because I wanted so badly to have another baby. I felt guilty about that. I, I just wanted to do whatever I could to learn in the process. I was so open. So, and also one of my friends coined it pregnancy purgatory. So that was something that really resonated with me. Like I was just in this space of like neither here nor there, like waiting to be pregnant essentially. And then another thing that I also kind of took on was that when I couldn't conceive the second time around, a lot of times people call this like a second time infertility. Is that the technical way to say secondary infertility is secondary infertility. And I just never, ever took that on. I always called it subfertile. Like I was just subfertile. I knew I could get pregnant and I was just waiting for it to happen. So I didn't want to say infertile because I had a baby. So I can imagine for like women that are going through this that don't have a baby yet, you know, like I think I I just always want to believe that our bodies are made to do this and that, you know, sometimes there's like physiological things for sure that need to be addressed. But so much of the process is emotional, I've learned. And really, truly, if you can believe that and believe like the, the emotions once they're peeled back and the layers are sort of uncovered there's so much to be learned yeah it's it's actually one of the things that inspired me to work with women um on their journey to conception was the openness and and the sort of tenacity like you know i'm now ready and willing to take on what i need to take on learn what i need to learn um to get to where i want to be which is obviously to have the baby. Um, and so I've seen like this amazing strength, uh, that women display, uh, in this time of hardship. And, and it's just, it's so inspiring and so cool. Uh, as long as, you know, the energy goes into at least partially balancing oneself because, you know, a lot of the energy can go into fertility treatments and stress and, you know, just feeling like you're in chaos and, and that is really draining. And as you know, that can go on for quite a while until you maybe press pause for a second. Right. See, it's interesting because for me, like as I have many girlfriends that have had successful IVF treatments and I'm going to be 42 in May. So I got pregnant at 40 with my daughter. And I just, for me personally, like my version of the IVF was working with the endocrinologist. Like I was considering it at the time. But I, something about IVF for me personally, I don't know if it was like intuitively or, 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 you know, just it wasn't for me. Like at the time, also, it's really a lot of money. And my husband and I kept on like discussing it. And I was like, I just like, I'm not there. I'm not there. I kept on not being there. So for whatever that's worth, like, 
you know, it, it is expensive and it's not about the money at the same time, you know, like you'll do anything to have a baby. And for some women, like my friends who have done successful IVF treatments, like it, I think it's, it, science is amazing, you know? And I also think it's like a very personal choice. And I think I needed to like come back to, I'm a very like naturalist at heart, like acupuncture, yoga, all the things. And I really, for my journey needed to come back to that place. And, and then I conceived essentially. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's different paths are right for, you know, various people. I've had patients tell me like on their first session with me, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to conceive by IVF. I'm just not ready to do it yet. And I'm like, okay, well, if you hold that and you know, your intuition knows that, then that's totally fine. There's not a wrong way to go about this undergoing, you know, some of the medications you did or, you know, like full-blown IVF. It's just a matter of trying to offset some of the negative side effects and balance it. And also just boost the odds because as amazing as science is, it's not an ironclad solution. And so we do best to integrate different methods, some lifestyle methods, some other modalities, like the ones that you've mentioned. And, and then we're kind of in a better place. Right. Wellness, in my opinion, is is central to um, conception, and you know we t- we can get so lost in the process of trying to have a baby um, that we lose ourselves. Like you said, you weren't being present with your family, right? Which is which is a huge issue with you know as as it's deemed secondary infertility. Which I I also agree that there are very few cases of actual infertility. I think most people are subfertile and just need to kind of, you know, find a way to, to boost their um, fertility. But, um, but yeah, it, it, what happens is that you're not present and you just, if the eye is on the prize and you just get so ultra focused on that and wellness and balance just fall by the wayside. And so it takes like being actually really deliberate about integrating things that are going to help you center yourself to be able to stay well emotionally and physically. We will get right back to today's episode in just a sec, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to tell you about an exciting new project that I have underway. So here it is. I get a lot of questions about what to eat and avoid when trying to get pregnant. Since so many of you are interested in optimizing your fertility via nutrition, I've created a very special course that teaches you the ins and outs of just that. It hasn't launched yet, but keep your eyes and ears peeled from my course on fertility nutrition. Whether you are already undergoing IVF or just trying the old-fashioned way, my goal is to help give you all the nutritional tools you need to enhance your fertility and speed your path to baby. All right, let's jump back in. And that goes with, that goes for IVF, that goes for not IVF, that goes all of it. I mean, it's all, and it's so, it's like I said, like it's such a personal, personal choice and journey that, yeah, I, I feel like part of that too is kind of picking your path, but then also being, it's like birth, right? Like you have a plan, but you have to be open. So it's all about uncovering the layers as you learn in the journey and like see what presents itself and then you know, sort of weave your way that way, you know? Absolutely. What, um, you, you have like mentioned doing quite a bit of energy work in your journey to conception. And so, you know, Reiki, acupuncture, what did you feel like were the like strengths of those modalities that helped you, you know, move through the blocks or helped you, you know, shift things, beliefs and, and whatnot to get to where you wanted to be? 
okay, when it comes to like astrology, that's esoteric, right? And like, it, you know, they're, they're basically reading you sort, they're like reading what you're about based on planetary alignment, which doesn't necessarily speak to me. Like, I don't really get it still, even though I've seen her a bunch of times, but what did speak to me was what she was saying. She was like, based on this, you are being asked to take a look at, you know, the things in your life that are no longer serving you. You are being asked to take a look at your self-worth, something I've struggled with my whole life. You are being asked to have the hard conversations. And, you know, she wasn't saying like the hard conversations about money with your husband, because for us, like that was like a point of, you know, like it was just a point of contention sometimes in a way that felt like rudimentary emotional style with uh, between us. And it was like something that we ha- sort of hadn't addressed, but needed to address. And it affected me more probably than him. And so I addressed it. That was one of the things. And it's like, you don't realize how sometimes when you hold onto these things that they, they affect you on a physical level and having the hard conversation, like open something up. It was like a portal. And that was like part of my process. Like, so astrology was really huge. And I met with her a bunch of times. And, you know, she said to me eventually, she was like, you know, I, I'm just feeling like girl energy. She's like, you are made to be a mother. Like, you know, you're, you're in, I said, her, we talked about IVF and she was like, you're, you know, it's because your higher self knows that you're not going to conceive through IVF. And so that work was very like important. Towards the end, uh, so then Reiki, I um, met with a woman. And again, before COVID, she came to my apartment and we had our Reiki session. Like I was lying on my bed and she was a friend too and also another yoga person. And she just was like, I want you to call upon any teachers or any guides before we start our session. So I, I, for me, like I grew up Jewish and my, all of my, my grandparents are all Holocaust survivors. So for me, like the, um, that lineage is very strong and I grew up very much with like their teachings and their stories. And, and my grandfather has passed away and my other, my paternal grandmother has passed away. So they were the first people that came to my mind. So I felt very like, especially my grandmother, she was very, very present. And so whatever, long story short, at the end of that session, like the, the Reiki woman was like, she was holding my feet. And then I swear she was still holding my feet, but then she was like, okay, like next to my head. Okay. Like take your time getting up. And I was like, I swear you were still holding my feet. And she was like, that's probably because your feet were being held. And then she was like, tell me, like, tell me. And she also said like, I normally don't talk during, during these sessions, but I just want to let you know that there's like really strong grandmother energy around you right now. And so when I got up, she asked me to tell her about my session. And I I really, I can't even explain to you how this came to me, but I was like, here's what happened. I realized that I can let go of the story that somebody needs to die in order for me to conceive. It gives me the chills talking about it because when I conceived my son, my husband's father passed away in the same week. So I was like, oh, at the time I was like, I know this is going to be a viable pregnancy because that's the cycle of life and death, like a a birth, birth and death. Right. So I was pregnant with new life and he had just passed on. So for me, 
I think I had just unconsciously been holding on to somebody and my maternal grandmother is still alive. So I was like, my grandmother needs to die and then I'll get pregnant. And she's still alive to this day. And so that Reiki session unlocked, unblocked that unconscious story that I didn't even know that I was holding. And I literally got pregnant like the next cycle. So it was like basically like a core belief that you were holding that you felt, you know, needed to be shifted. And it sounds like you, you know, you had a few guides, you know, you had acupuncturist, astrologist, Reiki practitioner, and they, you know, were facilitators of, of helping you to like basically see what was buried. Like you didn't know it was there and they helped facilitate you um, kind of like bringing that up to the surface so that you could move through it. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Cause some, you know, like a lot of people are, are like, why, why do you see people like that? You know, they think it's very woo woo and you know, like, but, but for some, it does help facilitate healing. And also it sounds like these people helped you to feel confidence in yourself and your ability to conceive. Cause you mentioned earlier in our chat that there was a self-worth issue can you tell us a little bit more about that and how it might have been impacting things? Uh, yeah, you know, I think like everyone sort of struggles with their kind of like, I don't know, root issues or wound material, like the the, the real core of like where the stuff, in, like how you react to certain things in your life or just kind of the repetitive stuff that keeps on appearing within relationships or friendships or various interactions in your life. And I think for me, like my parents got divorced when I was really little. And I think that when you have, I have a father who continued to move further and further away, like that stuff very early on gets ingrained, like you're not good enough or it's your fault or, and again, this is like unconscious stuff. Like this is not, you know, it's deep. It's not like surface stuff. So I think I just have struggled. I've just struggled with it. And sometimes to my knowing where I can tangibly work with it. And sometimes it's just sort of under it all. And I'm not really aware of it, but it's showing up in ways that are affecting everything else around me. So, you know, one thing the astrologer kept on saying to me was like, that is like your life's work is to, you know, inhabit or live like what's the right word? Like just inhabit your self of worth. And it's not like, she was like, you know, what is your self-worth? Like it's not necessarily through your work. It's your work is connects you to people, which is what is your self-worth, you know? So it's like, I don't, it's not about making money. It's about loving what I do and actually making an impact on people. That's like how I feel self-worth. Yeah. Like self-worth and authenticity. It makes sense. Right. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, you know, it has to be what you value first. It's okay if somebody values money first and that's the driving force. But um, if that's not right for you, then that's pretty relevant. Like for me, it's important to make money. Like I, part of that financial discussion with my husband was like, I want to earn. And right now I have two kids and I have a business and the business is very new. So it's still in the, in like the, the foundational phase and it's, you know, it doesn't, Rome wasn't built in a day, so it takes time, but you know, like I want to be able to contribute, contribute to our family unit more than just like, I made dinner and I did the laundry and like, you know, I'm here. Like I, it's important for me. That's also part of it, but it can't just be like clocking in and clocking out at a job and getting a paycheck. It needs to feel like more fulfilling. 
Yeah, no, and I totally understand. And I think um, culturally we're moving towards, you know, trying to find more of our inspiration in our jobs and what have you. In days of old, you know, people were happy to have a job. Now we have more of a choice. And and I think women trying to make room for having children and, and you know, if, or if they already have children are trying to find a way to balance their lives, also work independently, maybe not have a corporate job that is nine to five and feels like there's, you know, limits on freedoms and what have you. But, but yeah, when it comes down to it, um, I think it's, it's just feeling like satisfied uh, in one's work and, and not that it's a drain on your energy, that it's somehow enhancing your life. But work, work is, you know, it takes our energy. So, you know, my thought is that we would want to be doing something that if it's taking our energy, um, we're getting back energy from it too. So you raise a really good point. So what, um, what advice would you give our ladies on the journey to motherhood? Let's see. I think, you know, like birth itself, it's probably like one of the deepest places you'll ever go within yourself, especially if it's not coming easy for you. So I think it's really about like looking in and finding that sense of knowing that's going to, you know, help you get to where essentially, you know, make this baby. Like it's all about trusting your body, whether you're doing it the natural way or with the help of science through IVF, like it's, it's all about trust and your sense of knowing and and continuing to come back to that again and again. And also it's about feeling all the feelings as they come up. So, you know, the days where you feel disappointed or sad or angry or happy like it's just like riding the roller coaster and giving yourself permission to feel it all because it's hard it's a hard journey um and and you know a beautiful one like you can learn a lot about yourself if you open your eyes in the subfertile space no i totally agree i think it's an amazing opportunity to be learning about ourselves and and you know what might be out of alignment and uh, and it's it's an opportunity presented to us that gives us the real motivation to to forge some change and and I think a lot of the time we know um, what we need to change but it can help sometimes to work with other people healers and whatnot uh, to get some real perspective on the areas that that need shifting and and you know perhaps to uncover some surprising core beliefs that you didn't even know you were holding on to. Totally. And, you know, sometimes the stuff you're most resistant to is the stuff you actually need to work through the most. So a lot of the time, and I'm sure you know that from being a yoga instructor, too. It's like, hmm, this pose feels terrible. I don't want to do it. You know, you need that pose. Well, thank you so much, Mika, for being here. Uh, It was such an amazing conversation. Love your uh, spiritual and esoteric viewpoints and, you know, how you've walked us through how you um, really came to a place where, you know, your, your body, mind and spirit were ready to conceive. So, so thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about my story. you've tuned in and joined the community and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at naturna underscore life or at naturallycb to share your most important fertility related questions. 
And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina. Christina.